On this week's episode of Bantam Milk Podcast, we find the five most obscure Jedi, but it might be ten because there's two of us. Also, we're still here. We're still here. Intro music. I love the echo at the end there. Yeah, it was it was a it was a pretty clutch addition by that the, was, by that the was, creator of that. Yes, I think that that person deserves all the the accolades they always get. Intro music. That's, loud. that's not it. What? Oh, that's that's OG right there. This it is almost, the old one. It almost feels weird. It's slow motion. Yeah. Welcome to smooth jazz. Yeah, no, the new one's way better. Yeah, I like, like the new one. You know one. how they say, like, you know, the the sequel's never as good as the original? That is completely That sequel was definitely here. much better We got than a Wayne's World 2 situation happening right here. <sighs> yes. Because Wayne's World 2 is far better. Uh, yeah. I wouldn't say better. It's at least as good, if not a little better. Uh, the half-naked uh, Indian really kind of brings it home. Brings it all home. Um, and also, you know. Wayne's World, party time. Uh, Excellent. Love me some Wayne's World. Anyway, it's Bantha Anywho, Milk Podcast. It is Bantha Milk Podcast. That's what they call us. And we're going to start talking about things so that I can open this beer. Yes, uh, open But we're back. That we beer. exist. We still are here. Rob's beard is still here, which I'm, again, so very thankful for. It's uh, been how it, long now? It's been since November. Yeah, we're coming up on three yeah. quarters of a year here. And we are. You're going to have a year I'm getting a little tired. You got to make the yard. It's summer's coming, and I know you're going to cave. Yeah, I will. Uh, uh, once my chin comes back because of losing a couple of pounds, then that's when it goes away. Because, Dude, that's the greatest thing about a beard. I know. That you can have it just especially, to hide some stuff. Especially since that's why I grew this out longer, See, so this it really is, hides it. This yeah. is good. I just don't think I have the... The wherewithal to grow all that much here. I understand. I like because you got this stuff too. Yeah, yeah. I don't. Ha- I don't grow anything here. This isn't by choice. I don't shave this. This it is just, just doesn't grow. Nothing there. grows there. That's funny. Anyway, this is great for our people who are listening. At it home. sure is because uh, it's funny. It's a lot of our middle school kids now have started like listening or watching YouTube. Are they clips really? How come yeah. they're not like sharing us and stuff? I don't know that. I don't know, but they're like, yeah, I tried to listen, but you spent the first thirty minutes talking about your beard, and I was like, all right, well, and? that's. Have you never listened to a podcast, <laughs> kids? Kids. No, it's all like, TikTok. They got 30 seconds of interest. Well, That's it. well, listen, welcome to the big leagues. Welcome kiddos. to the big leagues. Um, anyway, uh, I already popped this and I didn't even get the, the luxury of a nice microphone sound. Unfortunately. No, you popped it from so, far away. Uh, we are Band the Milk podcast and I am about to drink some hell or high pomegranate. Pomegranate. From from old standard here at Band the Milk podcast. 21st Amendment. The 2-1-A. Brewer. In San Francisco, right across the street from where baseball is played and seen. That's what Jason always says on that other show that he never plugs our show or listens to our show, but we're not bitter. That would be ears up, by the way. I'm going to go knock on their door right now. You do that. I'm going to go right around back. They at least gave us an air conditioner for the trailer. It is nice and cool. It is nice and cool in here, yes. Um, But, Rob, what do you got While you drink that, I'm drinking Om Nom Nom. (laughs) Apple Cider Donut Style Ale. Yeah, that's, I'm very intrigued yes, by that. Yes, by Evil Genius, which is in a New Jersey a sure, brewery. Yeah. All right, let's see if I can... Pop that. Oh, There's that a nice. pop. Yeah, not much fizz, but a good pop. Nope, let's see here. Once you pop, the fun don't stop. That's what the Pringles man told that's me. That's what they say. It's nice. Oh, you were pouring that straight in. You're going to get so much head on that bad boy. Yeah. 
That's going to be like it's gonna five be sixths head. I'm trying to smell it. It smells pretty good. Let's see. Yeah. I got to give me. I saw you put your nose in there. That's a good. That's a good technique for smelling. Yeah. You know, generally speaking, nostrils should be involved. They should be. I think so. Yes. Yeah. So let's see here now. For so, th- so for those who are listening and not watching, Rob is now taking a, a sip of the of the beer. That's for the ASMR fans out there. Oh my gosh. <laughs> my least favorite thing, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, crinkle, crinkle, crinkle. Anyway, how um, is it? So it's <laughs> that's 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 a start. No, it's good. It, he said um and looked up and to the right because because it's an apple cider donut style. It's supposed ale. to be very autumn. Yeah. Feeling. So, so it's, it's a bit out of season. It is a bit out of season. It's kind of like if you were an apple, uh, like a, what's the, the uh, Angry Orchards? Um, oh, like a hard cider. Hard cider. But it's an ale, so it doesn't have that cidery, like, bubbliness to it, okay. I guess. So it's not like as cart, like as, as crisp and, and... Yeah. No, it could also be, it could be like a little out of season, so it could have lost a little bit of carbonation in the can. Yeah, but, but probably not. I mean I think maybe that's probably the difference between like the hard yeah. cider versus like a like a apple beer. Yeah. I think so, that the, the the hard ciders generally feel like they have a higher carbonation content. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. So it it definitely tastes like a beer, but you have a little bit of that hard cider feel to it. All right. So I like it. Best I like it a lot. Yeah, it's the best. Yeah, it's very. I good. do feel like sometimes with hard ciders, it's too much of the of the sweet and the, yeah. And sometimes the apple. it's very sweet, and very appley. Um, yeah. So that you know, maybe I'll have to check that out. Uh, yeah. what, om nom. Om nom nom. Om two noms. Om nom nom. Yeah. So there's some left in the can if you want to try it. I might just yeah, just grab some here and yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's. Oh, that does smell nice. Here it does. It's not an overwhelming. No. Smell. No. All right, here we go. Um, nom, 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 nom. Oh, I do like that. Yeah. You're right. See? It's it, it it's like the best of both worlds. It definitely does not have that, like, crisp, bubbly feeling of, like, a hard cider. Of a hard cider. Um, but it I definitely... think I could use, a, I mean, maybe it's because I'm also, I, I didn't, like, cleanse my palate after this pa- pomegranate. I didn't get a big apple taste no. really it was very subtle so very it's not, subtle yeah again it's not like a hard cider where it's supposed to be like like apple juice apple. yeah this is apple this with a, a kick you know it's like when you read a beer and it says like you'll get hints of cinnamon and uh-huh. <laughs> and uh lavender and like all these things i'm like i don't know caramel i don't i don't taste caramel I don't, yeah. in this at all but okay. yeah like the very uh fine-tuned taste and, yeah. and all that stuff like i listen to a bunch of uh a bunch of beer podcasts and they're always talking about, Oh, I can taste this and that and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, I don't taste any of that. Yeah. No, I never do. I like every now and then I'll like sniff a little bit and I'll go, Oh, that kind of smelled like, Nope. No, I nope. lost it. No, no, I lost it. <laughs> anyway. So that's our drinks. Yeah. Uh, but we are here to remind you that we are still alive. Um, now that the Mandalorian has ceased to be for season three, I got, I got to tell you, I got a text from my dad the other day. My dad is just now catching up. On the Mandalorian, he's okay. always he always kind of like once it's done, then he then he'll, he'll like like, binge call, it. like call me and be like, hey, what's your Disney Plus plus login? Um, and that's how I know he's ready to watch it. 
Um, <laughs> Watch your Disney Plus yep. login. <laughs> um, and and of course, I, I every time it's the same. It's the same login. The same I haven't thing. changed it, but I yep. send it to him. Yaddle um, one two three. Yes, uh, exactly. Duh. How do you know? Um, it's it's amazing. It's the same combination I have in my luggage. <laughs> um, so I got a I got a text from him, and I knew. <laughs> I knew he had started because I got a, what must be a very common text based off of things we we have talked about this season, which was like, wait, I don't get it. Oh, if, because if, he didn't watch If the Bo- baby Bo- Yoda is, is, I thought the baby Yoda was with Luke. Is is this a new baby Yoda? Are there two baby Are Yodas? Are there two baby Yodas? Where did this baby Yoda come and from? Like, What's going on? I was like, There's, it's a whole long story. We can't do it in text. I'll talk to you another time. And then like literally like 20 minutes later, he's like, how do Mandalorians eat and drink? And I'm like, just keep watching. You're like, keep watching. Yeah. And then like a day later, I get a text. I now know how Mandalorians eat and drink. <laughs> <laughs> uh, You're like, so, way to binge it, Dad. Yep. Good job. Um, but, you know, so we have all of our, our shows uh, outlined for you. And our next big target is Ahsoka coming up. Yes. But in the interim, we've got plans. And for today, at the very least, we've got some Jedi we want to talk about. And right. also, I've been reading. Well, I. I makes me sound way more intellectual than I am. I've been listening to some audiobooks. I've been reading. I'm very actually proud of you. reading. It takes me forever. Yeah, I'm that's sure why you can I don't listen do to it. the audiobooks a lot faster than my actual reading. Question, I was going to ask you this because I started to do it while I was reading the book that I'm reading. I'm reading um the book that my son got me for Christmas. I started reading it a little bit after Christmas and I put it down, but now I'm like, okay, it's summertime. This is when I do all my reading. Mm-hmm. What is it? It's the 3 Bounty Hunter books. It's okay. all bound into one giant book. Um, is it like canon or legends? It is non non so legends. Legends, it's not legends. Disney. Yeah, not Disney. Pre-Disney. PD. Pre-Disney. PD. It's yeah. definitely PD. Or PM. P Mouse. Yes. <laughs> um, but uh, but it's fun. It's it it would actually in the first book, it starts off with Boba Fett escaping the, the Scarlet pit? Okay. pit. Yeah, and uh, the whole first book is a it's two parts well like a a story b story the a story is him recovering and at the very end of the book he's like healed up and he does and he goes off whatever the b story is like a flashback so we're saying back to tank back to back, back to, to tank, tank shots, shots. yes except you. there's no back to tank in this he's well, just the back healing. Is implied Right, of yeah, course. That, so you just have to assume it's be, there. Yeah, yeah, it must be where they got their their influence. Yeah. Um. So it it's it's definitely fun. But I was reading it, and then I started reading, um, in when they put things in quotes, I started reading it in their rhythm and in their like Darth Sidious or or um, Senator Pal- right. Palpatine being like, "Oh, you will never survive." And right. I was like, "Your but brain then started making it happen." Right, but then I'm like reading it slower because I'm reading it, and I'm like, "Oh my god, if I keep doing this for the entire book, it's going to take yeah, me way to too long." So with the when you have people read it to you, like you have these trained professionals reading sure. it to you, do they ever do that, or do they are they just oh, like no, straight they, up? So the great thing about just about every Star Wars audio, have you ever checked out any Star Wars audiobook? So like the, you could have eliminated the word Star Wars in that any, sentence. Uh, I've book, never okay. done an audio. So book audiobooks ever. are my jam. I love audiobooks. That's how I consume most of my books. Um, and like your typical audiobook is pretty straightforward. It's like a dude reading. Uh, like all the Game of Thrones books, it's a dude reading. I mean, the guy for a th- uh, the Game of Thrones, he did do voices, and okay. he actually won. Uh, like he was like in the Guinness Book of World Records for the most voices individual distinct voices in a single audiobook. Okay. Like the Game of Thrones, he he like they do that. 
but you know it's it's you know it is at the end of the day a dude reading a story but he does voices uh, but all of the star wars audiobooks i've ever listened to not only does the reader do that but also like there's music in the background by John oh, Williams. Oh wow! Okay. There's like the sound of blaster fire when when there's when a fight. Okay. Um. There's the sound of a lightsaber turning on and stuff like that. So like they're very theatrical about it, almost okay. like a radio drama sort okay, of thing. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Um. And so like the ones that I've been reading, uh, uh, th- that's kind of what I love, and that's what, I guess we'll just go ahead and jump yeah. right so into we'll the jump discussion right into here. That there, yeah. Right. So I've been reading the Thrawn books, right, and you've got. All the Thrawn books right behind you, both the pre-Disney and post-Disney. Yes. Uh, so I finished the pre-Disney books, the first one, and I, I recommend them to all of everyone. Yes, and uh, uh, I, as well. I read them last um, year. They're I'm amazing. way I'm way late on the game. Like I know I was talking <laughs> to Brian Bacon. He he read those books growing up. Like these were around in the '90s. Um, but it's uh, Heir to the Empire uh, is the first book that uh, uh, introduces Thrawn, and it was like in 1991. I want to say. Um, yeah, I'm looking to try and find the copyright yeah. as you speak. Um, and then uh, Dark Force Rising is the second book, and then The Last Command is the third book. Um, and so, you know, these, so first of all, awesome books, really interesting dive into this, which was a brand new character at the time, Thrawn. Copyright 1991 by Lucasfilm LTD. Nailed it. Nailed um, it. And so... Like, I'm really unsure as to how we got into this and what the point of my discussion was, but we're here talking about the book. Well, um, we started because I asked you if they if they read it. Yes, if they read the, it. Yeah, the oh, that's right. So, again, it was written by this this trilogy of books was written by Timothy Zahn. Timothy Zahn. Um, and that's the, Timothy Zahn, anytime you want to come on the show, we'd be more yeah, than happy to have yeah, you. Yeah, I mean, you should I just start him. bombing his Instagram. Well, I emailed him and asked him, and he said no. How many times? Just once. Wait, did he really say no? Or he did. He, just not really he said, I'm very busy. Uh, I'm sure. So he, he actually responded. That's said, nice of him. He said he's very busy. I did. I did email a couple other people. Um, just since you brought it up, I'm going to cut you off real fast. Do it. Um, this guy that we work with kind of looks like this other guy. Um, I like where this is going so far. So, so our uh, the new band teacher at the middle school oh, looks boy. very similar to Ed oh, Sheeran. Oh boy. He so, just loves that. He does. He loves it. So I sent Ed Sheeran a Instagram message, and he hasn't even read it or anything. I, Our music teacher uh, looks, looks like, like you. you. If you're ever in New Jersey want to play a trick on the kids, you could come in and pretend to either be him or his brother. I think it would be very funny. Did you send him a picture of him? I did. Oh, of him playing drums uh, at response? the musical. No. Oh, and that would I be said, amazing. I said, I think it would be very funny. I know you will never see this, but I had to try. Thank you for your time. And he he never responded to that. Well, he's having his people contact your people. Yeah, that's, that's what's happening. That yeah, um, that's great. Good and then thing, I did. He I, doesn't listen to this. Program. I know. Well, yeah, like he listens to this podcast. And then I also emailed one other person um, because was it share? It was me, not share. Emailed share. Uh, but this person was on Jay Leno's garage, and it said you collect Star Wars figures and own Beach Bar Rum. We have a Star Wars podcast and also have drinks on the show. It would be a perfect match for us to drink your rum and talk about your Star Wars collection. I know you're a super busy guy and probably won't ever see this request. I, I'd like to you know, sure, give them a little guilt at the end of it. Yeah. But if you could fit in some time to show off your stuff, we would love <coughs> to have you on. Thank you very much, and may the force be with you. I sent that to the one and only Rick Springfield. Okay. <laughs> 
<laughs> so I'm going to go ahead and assume Mr. Springfield has not yet gotten back. No, to he you. he just like Ed Sheeran have not He's even less, like looked at you, it. He hasn't even left you on red. He no, it does it just doesn't say anything. Like wow. uh, yeah, so ghosting you completely. So the two of them the nerve. I'll ghosting. never I'll never in my life again consume a bit more of their music. I know exactly. Like, they're dead That's to it. Me. That's it. Done. Donezo. Um anyway, Timothy Zahn. Timothy Zahn. He was the writer of all three of these books and which is great because I love his writing. Yes. It's like I, I feel like one of the big problems with me getting into some of the Star Wars like expanded universe stuff was it always felt a little kiddie. But his writing is mature. Um, his stories are more mature with it. You know, obviously it's not like it's, oh, look at that guy cutting all the people's heads off. But like, you know, it's it's real stuff. There's yeah. like death. There's um, but also he's just a good writer. So like, you know, he wrote these three books. He did a great job. They're considered. Some of the better of all of the pre Disney three sets of trilogies. Yeah, so he wrote. Yeah, he wrote three. He wrote many Star Wars books. Right. I think the one was about Thrawn. Then there was the next one that had like what I think they said was like a reborn Thrawn, or like they were trying to report as a reborn Thrawn. Um, I I haven't read any of those ones. I didn't get to those yet. Um, but and then he has the new series that right. is now Disneyified. Right, and so that's the one I just started listening, which to. is also very good, uh, and I love it. Again, yeah. if you like, I think you should like go back and read the old ones again, mm-hmm. and then read the new ones because it's clear that he like leaves little nuggets in there of like things that are like happen. So like, he talks about like slave rigged. Uh, uh, ships that like you have a beck and call uh and like you press a button and the slave rig ship comes to you like because you have the beck and call like that was a big thing in the original three like thrawn books like that right. like that was like a big plot point and like you know here i am already in i'm like not even halfway through the first book and we've already heard about this beck and call being uh-huh. used um so it's just cool to kind of see how that and the f- i read i read the newest trilogy first mm-hmm and then I went back and I read the original trilogy. Okay. And the original trilogy was more of, there was a lot more Luke and Leia in it. Right. Yeah. And that, that's part of why I thought I wasn't going to dig the new trilogy. Because I loved that. I love, like, because I knew the characters. And, like, okay. that's the big thing that hooked me in when I knew the characters. I was right. like, all right, I, I, I know this person. I can, I'm really enjoying this. The beginning of the Thrawn book starts with Alinda o- Price. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, it starts with Thrawn, but then it goes to Linda Price, who I had no idea who it was until like the other day when I looked her up. I went, "Oh gosh, it's that chick from uh, Rebels." Yeah. Um, and so now, all of a sudden, whenever she's on, I'm like, "Okay, I have a now you have be- a, more yeah. vested interest." And his uh, who's his right hand? Well, I like him in the new one. It's uh, Eli Vanto. Right. Was he the one that was in in the old ones? It was no. Pelion. Pelion. Yeah, his Pelion was in. The latest episode of the Mandalorian. Of the Mandalorian. Yeah, they and that was like a big drop because, like, you know, first of all, like, if you looked at him, he looked like you know the exact thing of what like you might think. You, yeah, how they their description you know, described in the book, him yeah. as older dude with the mustache and mm-hmm. all this. Um, but also, uh, and I saw someone refer to them as like a, a Jekyll and not Jekyll and Hyde dummy, um, Holmes and Watson pairing. Okay, right? You know, yeah. Like uh-huh. Pellian is everyone. You know, you're in Pelion's brain and you're like, this can't possibly work. And um, Thrawn is Watson uh, or Holmes, Sherlock Holmes going, yes, it can, you dummy, because yeah. of reasons that you don't see. That I'm you don't explain you to you until it all happens. Right. You know? And and I love 
I when I read the books last summer, I remember telling on this yeah. on our podcast talking mm-hmm. about it, and I was even saying then like I was rooting for Thrawn. Yep. You know, like you're like, wait a minute, but he's the ultimate bad guy. But it's written so well that you're like rooting for him. And like I'm in the new book again. There's three of them. I'm only halfway through the first, and I'm already kind of rooting for him. I know where he goes. I know he's the big bad coming yeah. up. And but like I'm like every time like because the way they pit and again I'm a, I don't know where this all goes. I've I've like distinctly avoided spoilers. I mean, obviously I know where everything goes um, with Thrawn so far, um, but like. I like getting I, n- number one. I like getting his vantage versus uh-huh. everyone else's vantage where yeah. like they change the narration style where it's like, it's not like a narrator telling you what's going on. It's him noticing all these subtle changes. Yes. Like, oh, his, his facial heat rises slightly. His shoulders relax ever so imperceptibly. <laughs> um, and then like, I like where his relationship with Vanto's going. I don't know where yes. it's going, but I just like the way like, so far where I am in the book, like Vanto, like has not wanted to really do this. And like, everything is like against his will, but he's like starting to like wonder like, man, like I, I don't belong here, but like, it's so cool when I get to see like these, like I'm amongst, I'm a giant, small, tiny thing amongst all these giants and like, right. yep. from the backwaters. Mm-hmm. Um, and like he get, like he clearly has this respect for him. And like, um, so yeah, like I said, I, you've read him. I haven't. I'm really interested to see where that goes. Is Vanto in all of the books or just the first one? Because I know that there's a I lot of in the second summer. and third ones. There's a lot of flashback, right? Yeah. Because yeah. one of the books is about his time with Vader, and then another is yep. about his time with it's, Anakin, right? Right, and it keeps yeah because that one was really good because as you're reading it, you know the reader, you know who Vader and Anakin are, but but he. He kind of does, I think, but maybe, like, I think Vader doesn't remember him when he was Anakin or something like that. I forget mm-hmm. how it goes. Well, I know in the first book, like, and that was, I think, one of the big things that, like, sucked me in. Like, I was a little bored. at the. I, I have a hard time getting into new stories because, like, I just finished a story that a lot of crap happened. Like, so much stuff. And now I'm at the beginning where we have to start all yeah. this uh-huh. storytelling and, even, and world even building. Even with the trilogies, like, the second book starts off slow again and yep. i'm like can we get into yep. like the big part of so it so i'm always like as i'm i'm just fighting to get through it but yeah. eventually like the, the thing that really hooked me in this first thrawn book is like holy crap it's like the third chapter and all of a sudden there's palpatine yeah you know yeah. and like he's like talking to palpatine and like we get a really cool back and forth between them and i'm like yeah yeah i can get behind this yeah like they write thrawn to the point that he's he when he's arguing with Pal, or when he's talking to Palpatine, he's like arguing with Vader, and he's like the only person they make Vader out to be like almost like a bumbling idiot mm-hmm. compared to Thrawn. Sure. Um, well, I thought a little bit in the original trilogy they kind of alluded to that too. Yeah. Because like Pelion is always like in his brain when he's like kind of thinking about um, like whenever like. Thrawn got bad news. He was expecting him to blow up. Like, right. oh, he's going to get so angry. And of course, in Thrawn fashion, he would like go, okay, that's fine. Let's just make it this, that, <laughs> and the other thing. And all of a sudden we win, right? Um, but like his in his brain, he'd be, he'd be talking about like, oh, uh, that's that's good because that's not how Vader did things. Yeah. He was legendary for just killing people. And, yeah. you know. Um, and he, he kept like hinting uh, drops to like Palpatine like, 
you know, he's not, he's not as cool. He's, you know, he's, he's a bit of a hothead, you know, mm. where I'm, I'm more manipulative and more cunning and thinking ahead and all yeah. that stuff. So, uh, I read them, like I said, I read them backwards. So the, the latest three I read first, so I forget how they all go, but I do remember the one. It is fun because he does keep going back and forth. A stories with Anakin, B stories with Vader, right. and they keep going back and forth. And that was one of the things I, I remember about his meeting with with Palpatine. That like that was like where he was like, oh okay, this guy's because he mentioned Anakin, mm-hmm. like he mentioned working with Anakin. Yeah, and so that was what I I think that was why at the beginning of the book I had a hard time getting into it because I already came into it with my own like preconceived notion of what the book was. Okay, because I thought I remembered how the story went. I thought I remembered oh, but like Thrawn knows Anakin doesn't he so like he's clearly been around like but like he comes into this and clearly the Empire's around and none of them know who he is so I like I thought that Thrawn was like some like big muckety muck in the Empire right beforehand but yeah so I was confused because that's what my my brain was, was like was this is how it to, is yeah. coming in uh-huh. and like how does this I don't understand am I listening to the right book that I like mess up the order um but like, I think I just got to shut up and let the story play yeah, out. Yeah, just let the story and play like, out and, and let it let it all come yeah. to you and whatever. Yeah. Um, but so, it, but again, it's uh, now that it's starting to roll a little bit more. We're getting some more like, I think, interesting characters come in, bigger characters come in. You know, they're talking about Lothal politics, and of course, that's yes. a big Thrawn thing. Yeah. Um. So yeah, uh, very good stuff. All like, yeah. Timothy Zahn. I, yeah, I love Timothy Zahn. Um. Not to be confused with Steve Zahn. No, that would be uh, a completely different, a different is, person. Who yes. was in many movies in the 1990s and early 2000s. Yeah, uh, don't get those two confused because they're not the same person. But uh, yeah, I I really liked um, all the Thrawn books. And, and the new trilogy is a lot more Thrawn. Mm-hmm. Where the original trilogy yes. was like an A story Thrawn, B story Luke and Leia. And then C story Han and Lando, right? Yeah, honestly, and, like that, and that was one of the big things too. With, and again, I really liked the books, um, but like I'd be really invested in. Oh, and then and then it would be like four stories at a time because we'd have Wedge have his own story, yeah, yeah, and then Luke would be with Mara Jade, mm-hmm. and Lando is with Han, but Leia is at the the Coruscant capital, right? And then um, the other was that the one and where then Thrawn still with Pelion, yeah, and Jeruah Sabayoff uh-huh. uh, is at Wayland. So like, I would just be real like, especially towards the end of the books, I'm like, oh, this is great, and then all of a sudden I'd be back in freaking right. Like, it, it's with, in with the Wedge. other chapter, yeah. And with I'm like, the... I, Wedge, yeah. I love you, but come on. And and um, it, and it's funny, at least like reading it, it gets to the end of the chapter, and then you turn the page, and you're like, oh, now it's the Wedge chapter, yep. and you're like, okay, I got to get through this, yep. and then you're like. Now it's the Han chapter. Okay, I got to get through this, you know, yeah. and it's like finally back to Thrawn, where the newest trilogy is like all Thrawn all the time, which yeah. is the way it, it should be. And it, especially the way I read it, because I read them literally back. as soon as I was done with the last Thrawn book in the first trilogy, I started up on the new Thrawn trilogy. So okay. I like it took me a little while to get my timeline straight. Yeah, because the new th- the old Thrawn trilogy is all post uh, Return of the Jedi. Right. Like it takes place like five or six years after the Battle of Endor. And like the main, like I said, the main characters are Luke and Leia and Han and Lando and uh, Thrawn and like all these people that, you know, were the OG cast. Yeah. Um, yeah. Whereas the new Thrawn all takes place before Return of the Jedi and before the fall of the Empire because 
we don't even know what happens to Thrawn before the fall of the Empire because right. he gets like lasered out by a bunch of whales before the rebellion really even starts up. Yeah. And we know that he's still missing as of however many years after the Mandalorian. Right. Um, so dude's been absent. Um, so yeah, it's, it's just completely and, different timeline. And it, yeah. And this is like problems. the, this is like in the beginning of this book that you're reading now. Is that when he's like working his way up? Yeah. The, up the ranks. The, up the ranks and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, he was, a. Uh, like he, they found him on some backwoods planet, uh-huh. and then like he like met Palpatine, and then he like went to the Imperial uh, Academy on Coruscant for three months and became a lieutenant, uh, and then he went on a ship and became a like a senior lieutenant, and like, uh, like and then, that's kind of where we're at right now because okay. like there were just some pirates that he like yeah, and and he he winds up with. over and over again like two or three times. Defeating bad guys and then getting called into Palpatine and Palpatine keeps giving him promotions right. and stuff and until we get him to to the Grand Admiral Grand Ad- and that's yeah. Uh, yeah they you know they made an allusion to it in yeah because in the one he the thing that just happened he was like facing a court martial for some stupid right. stuff uh, and the, there was one like ISB agent like uh-huh. who was like helping him. He's like, if you do get court martialed, uh, you can ha- you have a job with us uh, with ISB. You'd look good in white. Wink, wink, <laughs> wink, wink, wink. You wink, know, yeah. it's like, oh, that's a- he's gonna wear white. He's gonna wear white. Yeah, it's um, it's pretty funny because he uh, every time every every time something goes wrong, it's always not his fault. It's because somebody else doesn't carry out the plan that he set. That he told them to do. Because right? they're like, Which no. is how it was in the original trilogy. Yeah, they're like, know. no, he's stupid. He doesn't know. He's he's an alien. He doesn't know what he's talking about. He has about. red eyes. He has so red he eyes and blue skin, so he's obviously dumb. And then they get away, and he's like, ugh. And then he winds up having to like destroy the bad guys instead of just capturing them. If you would have just been here where you were supposed to be, and then, you know, whatever. But yeah, every single time... Because he's so manipulative. And like I said, that's when you start to like root for him. And then you're like, wait a minute. But he's trying to annihilate an entire planet. Like, no, this is a bad guy. This is the baddest of the bad guys. Yep. But it's always fun to root for the bad guys. But, and you know, I, I don't know. It, I think it's just, it's not so much we're rooting for him in so much that he's such a cool character. Yes. And that we like, as a, as a reader, we're like, we like seeing... <laughs> like someone with that sort of skill, uh-huh. like because you know, so far in the book that you know that I'm reading, he he hasn't done anything but like stop some pirates, right? Some, you know, so like yeah. right at the end of the day, it's like you know he's he's an imperial officer, and, and and it's it is funny as he as he advances and whatever, um, where he starts to make Darth Vader look silly. Mm-hmm. Um, they like I said, they almost write it like Darth Vader becomes the bumbling sidekick, right? But he's an idiot, but he has force powers, so everybody's afraid of him because if they say, this guy's an idiot, then he just chokes you out and you're dead. Right, you know? so, so you know, when all the people who think you're an idiot all of a sudden die from chokeness, right. all of a sudden, nobody thinks you're an nobody idiot. Nobody thinks you're an idiot anymore. And they're they all, all dead. They're all dead, yeah. So, so weird uh, that they all died. Anyway. Anyway, we'll get this guy out of You were saying? Yeah, so, uh, yeah, so the Throne books are amazing. Uh Real fast, we always ask for drink recipes, and our good friend Johnny Jalopy actually- Good old Joppy Jalani. Joppy Jalani. You're sporting a Johnny Jalopy hat? I am sporting a Johnny Jalopy hat. I still listen and and chime in every Monday night uh, on- Sketchy Live. Sketchy Live. 
they went from like 50 followers on YouTube to 1500 followers on YouTube in like a month. It's time to get Vantha milk back on. We got, uh, we got to start working on that. Yeah. So, uh, so I I listen to him all the time. He always gives us a little plug when, when I chime in or whatever, but he sent us a drink. It's called the Vader, the Vader. It's pretty neat. Hardly know her. Uh, it's pretty neat. We're going to have to try this. I just have to get all these ingredients okay, to try so it. It's got some ingredients. Yeah, it's got some ingredients. So you start off with a shot glass. Um, Easy enough. We've got that. Yeah. And you put in one ounce of dark rum, a half ounce of black cherry syrup. Then you. So in this in this uh, clip, he has it. Is this like it, a car bomb situation where we got to drop it into a. Li- yeah, kind of yeah, kind of like something? a car bomb situation. Okay. But you like lift it up. Oh, and then it and then it and then it changes it to black. So uh, you put that in upside down then you flip it upside down. So you got the shot glass in upside down inside a bigger glass. Then you put in uh, five ounces of Sprite and then three ounces of uh, what's the the Shirley Temple red drink? Uh, Grenadine. Grenadine. uh, Black. Yeah. Let me just make sure this is right. We flip the glass. And then it says five ounces of Sprite and one ounce of sour cherry sour schnapps. Cherry schna- oh, schnapps. Schnapps. Okay. Sour cherry schnapps. There Ooh, we go. It's gonna be sweet. Yeah. It's and then you, and then you pick up the shot glass, and then it changes it all to black. So it's wow. red and then the black, and that's why it's that's, called the Vader. That sounds like something that will make a mess out of this table right here. It probably would, because knowing us, we would spill it all over the place that's what and we it do. would splash. The blender won't work. And yeah. All, <laughs> and all that no good haywire. stuff. So uh, the, the the freaking muddy ass Yoda. What was that? The oh, the giggling Yoda. The giggling Yoda. Oh, yeah, that was the worst. worst. That was the worst was one. Second one too. So we're gonna have to we're gonna have to try the Vader uh, yeah, soon once right. we get all those things. Um, so your books. You were reading all the all the Thrawn books by uh, Timothy Zahn. Yes. The books that I'm reading is called the Star Wars: The Bounty Hunter Wars. And this um, is again another Legends book. Right? Another Legends book. Yep. Um, this is by K.W. Jeter, which I also wrote to him, but he's actually like 85 now. So I understand that he hasn't written back to us. Um, but three thrilling novels by K.W. Jeter about the Bounty Hunter Wars, a trilogy in the Star Wars expanded universe. The first book is The Mandalorian and Armor. What year did these come out? 89, 98, no, 89. 88, 89. Okay, so like a little bit before the Thrawn books, but not like not like directly. Okay, so this was basically. I'm sorry, 1998. uh, Oh, hard merchandise. 1999, slave ship. 1998. Okay. Uh, so 98 and 99. Okay, so So, later in the game. Yeah. So right before, really kind of right before the Disney take, not right before the Disney takeover, but. You know, on the precipice. On the precipice. Right right before the the new movies were kind of coming to an end. Yeah. Yeah, so he he wrote them in in the late nineties. Uh, the that Mandalorian was kind of peak new Star Wars, like a lot of people. That was like a little after I started getting into Star Wars. Really, is the late nineties when they re released the special edition, right? So. Right. So I guess they were uh, thriving off of re releasing the special editions yeah. that people then started to write a whole bunch of books again. Sure. Um, and so this was. Uh, these three books. The first one is the one that I'm still in the middle of now. Even though I read all three of these before, but then Trey bought me the hardbound triple box sure. set book of it, uh, the Mandalorian armor, in the hope of uh, quelling the rebellion, quelling quelling the rebellion, Prince Zizor. Oh yes, yeah. so that's a that's a pretty like big uh, antagonist in the Legends universe. Yeah, he yeah. was in a couple like the I think he was one of the antagonists for like the Shadows of the Empire video mm-hmm. game and stuff. Yeah. 
proposes a cunning plan to the Emperor and Darth Vader. Smash the power of the Bounty Hunters Guild by turning its members against each other and the survivors against the Rebellion. The fiercely independent Boba Fett jumps at the chance to destroy his rev- rivals. Bonin realizes the game is rigged. He finds himself the target of murderous factions, criminal conspiracies, and the evil at Emperor's dark heart. So Prince Zizer in this book was also the leader of one of the um crime syndicates crime syndicates Mm -hmm. as well so he was he was like double-edged sorting it there where he was talking to palpatine but also conspiring against palpatine yeah um so the first book is neat like i said half of it is after boba fett escapes the pit in the first chapter they explain how he gets out i think they did a better job in the book than book of boba Boba fett Fett, did um so he gets out, but then he's like wounded and damaged and this uh woman finds him and she and um who was the bounty hunter that basically looked like he was well, he was an actual boxer in real life, but he just had like white like robes over top of him. Bosk um, not Bosk. Um oh, that's gonna annoy me. He had like the white around his the, yeah like the, yeah like uh, around his head and uh, around it's gonna his face. Really annoy me. Anyway, I'll figure it out. Yeah. So so he and this and this other woman they find him and they're like trying to heal him because he knows that if he heals Boba Fett that Boba Fett will then let him tag along or he hopes that Boba Fett will let him tag along and then he'll get bigger bounties because he's now teamed up with Boba Fett. Right. Um. And then they go to the flashbacks when he's trying to he's he's paid to um take apart or dismantle the bounty hunters guild um a pretty neat character it's like a spider-like character who is a uh middleman between the bounty hunters and the people who are setting the bounties dengar dengar that's his name very good i'm proud of you um He's like a spider-like creature who made his own web out in space and made like a house. A space web. A space web. And he has his own little spiderlings that all help him and stuff like that. And uh, they talk about it so much. It's really fun. Eventually, one of the little spiderlings gets too much knowledge and then will wind up eating the master spiderling, and then that one becomes the new master uh, so of this got web. Spider Sith. So yeah, spider Sith type thing. So, I like it. Um, and the little one, his name is oh, what's his name? Data, I forget what it is. Darn it, it's like a really weird name. But anyway, um, so obviously, as as the story goes on, the you're gonna you know that this little one is gonna wind up killing the and master and become become the new matriarch. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that spider person tricks Boba Fett into saying, look, I, I have my own personal bounty. I want you to join and destroy the bounty hunters guild. He's like, what's in it for me? And he goes, all these credits. And he tell, he's like, okay, whatever. So he, he now joins and he teams up with Bosk and they have this love hate relationship, more hate than love. Um, but they have to work together. De- no, Boba Fett oh, and Bosk in, okay. in in the uh, in the flashback. Okay, and then Bosk's dad is the Vosk or something like that, is the leader of the Bounty Hunters Guild, and then they break it up. And it was interesting, especially after we talked to John Jackson Miller, right? When he said, you know, 
in the books, you can do anything you want except don't kill a character. Don't kill a character. Like, don't make yeah. any weird thing happen. Don't make Han and Chewie get married or right. something like yeah. that. So there's this like new bounty hunter that they created in this book. And it was somebody I never heard of before. And of course, that's the guy that dies because right. you can't kill boss. He's the red shirt. He's the red shirt. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so you can't kill boss or anything like that. Um, so uh, and uh, what's the little bounty hunter with the tubes in his face and stuff? He he was like from the original trilogy. But little uh, bounty hunter with tubes in his face. He had like a helmet on with like tubes. Um, if you say the name, I know exactly who it is because I thought they were going to kill him off. But I'm like, how can they kill him Sam off? Sam Wessel. Not that one. No, that oh, that's that dummy. Um, I don't know, man. There's another dummy. Uh, but anyway, from the OG. Yeah, from uh, the bounty hunters. Oh. He was in Empire Strikes Back when when Boba Fett was standing there, and they go, "Who are all? Why are all these bounty hunters on here?" Um, and he was one of them. Empire Strikes Back. Steve the bounty hunter. Steve. Every bounty hunter in Empire Strikes Back. Forlom. No, but he's a good one. Zuckus. Zuckus, I think. Let's see. Bosk, Dengar. Zuckus has Forlom. got some tubes happening. Yes, Zuckus. It's definitely Zuckus. I would never have guessed that in a million years. All right. But yeah, he's he's got some weird tubes and stuff and whatever. So the Zuckus goes on this one mission with them, and I thought for sure they were going to kill Zuckus off. And I'm like, wow, that's impressive. But they don't. They kill off some other guy instead. But yeah, look at Dengar in the back there. He just looks like he looks like he just got out of a boxing match and is like all bandaged up or whatever. I always just kind of seen saw him as like a weird mummy dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah hundred um, percent. So then the next book is Slave Ship. Uh, the once powerful bounty hunters guild has been shattered and posting of an enormous bounty on, on a renegade Imperial stormtroopers about to start a frenzy murderous greed among its warring fractions. And then the third one is hard merchandise. When Boba Fett stumbles across evidence, inflicting Prince Zizor in the murder of Luke Skywalker's aunt and uncle, he makes an enemy of someone who will kill to cover his tracks. So they're fun. It's a fun trilogy as well. I did like it because they were the only books really other than like comic books, which I never got into, but they were the only books really just based on the bounty hunters. Right. Like I would love a whole series just about each of the different bounty hunters going on different missions. Sure. Kind of like the way, um, like tales of the Jedi almost. Yeah. Kind of like tales. Of, yeah. And, but just like all different bounty hunters and stuff. So that would be a lot of fun. So, these were definitely fun three books. Um, I did enjoy them the first time I read them, and I'm going to read them again um, and enjoy them again. So those are the books that I'm reading. You are reading the Thrawn books. Let's take a commercial break, and then we'll come back. We'll hit some news. I got some fun news that happened this week, and then we can go into our top five most obscure Jedis. Yeah, so let's uh, have a commercial. Did you buy it? I already. I have three of them already. Nice. Actually. I, I mean, love I it. I could buy more, I guess, but where do you where do you put it all? Where do you put? Uh, there's too many of them. There's you got to you got to put too, it away. Too much. Too cumbersome. Too cumbersome. All right. Let's hit some news. Maybe here it is. Second time's a charm. It is. I hit play. Star Wars news. But I hit play a little too fast. All right. So, oh, I I I'm gonna call you out on the air here here we go i sent you like 12 text messages to which you never responded to any of them me, but me, one but of them was all about i was trying to hook you up 
the not with a date or anything. I know you're married. Um, but I said PS5 is at Costco oh, for only yeah. $650. You know what? You know what? I, I remember that. And I remember specifically like meaning to to respond with um, the you watch Galaxy Quest. Yeah. Uh-huh. By Grapthar's Hammer. <laughs> what a savings. What a savings. Um, yeah, but in typical me fashion, I look and I go, oh, I'm going to... Res- oh, a bird. Oh, a bird. Oh, what's uh, that? I got and distracted. Then I, and then I don't because that's how I go. But yeah, um, that's, a, that's, a, that's a heck of a price right there. Yes. So that being said, since you're not going to get it, um, Star Wars Jedi Survivor's key twist was... No, don't tell me about it. I don't want to know it. <laughs> really. He's, what do you? I don't want to hear it. It was inspired by a classic Keanu Reeves movie. I love it. I don't want to hear any more. Okay, I won't tell you any more. But there's a a friend in it who's named after a guy in Point Break. See, I've never seen Point Break, so oh, I don't think you I've never been saw Point Break. Never. Oh my gosh, it's such a great movie. Yeah, it's one of those things that I've I've been meaning to my <sighs> entire life and haven't. Did they do a remake? I think they did a remake, didn't they? I don't want to. They did a remake. Don't watch the remake. You have to watch the original with Keanu Reeves and Patrick Swayze. Oh, Swayze. Yeah. Keanu Reeves' name is Johnny Utah. All right. Hey, I'm Johnny Utah. That's how he talks in it. That's how he talks in everything. Yeah, I'm a football player, man. Whoa. Whoa. Neo. Neo. Oh, my gosh. Morpheus. I'm the one. Oh, my gosh. Let's go back in time, Bill. All right. Excellent. Excellent. Wild Stallions. So, uh, Keanu Reeves' name is Johnny Utah. Patrick Swayze's name is Bodie. And Bodie is a name of one of the characters in Jedi Fallen Order. Oh. So, it took people, it took some people picked up on it right away. Right. But according to this article, a lot of people didn't pick up on the fact that uh, his character is based in. On the, on character, the character in Point so Break. So what you're saying is, don't watch Point Break until I play this game. If I don't if, want to be, spoiled. yeah. If you don't want to be spoiled, right, don't then do I'll that. Know, but, yeah. Ah, Point Break. Oh damn you. man, <laughs> of course, it's all Point Break. I'm gonna go home and like it's just gonna be on my screen. It's gonna be like Point Break. Now Point on. Break. Yeah, on every channel you're yeah. gonna be flipping through. It's on TBS, TNT, CNN. Yeah, it's gonna be on Fox I'll News. Wake up it's gonna be on all of them. <laughs> Fox News is gonna play Point Break. <laughs> uh, but Point Break, the beginning of it. Uh, such a good movie. Oh, I can't believe you haven't seen it. I'll have to get on the, that. They're the they're the dead presidents or the presidents that that when they're robbing banks, they all wear president oh, rubber masks. That's, mask. that's from okay. yeah. And uh, they're they're like they got it down. They're all timing it so they know they have exactly three minutes to get an in in and out before the cops are going to get any closer. And they're like, "Don't worry, people. Your money's insured. You don't need to worry about us. We just want the cash. We don't want you." And they're standing up and whatever. And, of course, you know, nobody ever gets shot until 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 the camera's on. Sure. And now suddenly somebody you gets your shot. Yeah, you reach it. So it's so good. But, yes. They found the point where you break. Yeah. Gary Busey is in it oh, before well, the car accident. Oh, so this is this is when he's at his prime. Yeah, this is his this prime is Gary prime Busey. Busey. Yes. <laughs> before before the Cherry Hill incident. Yes. Yes. Uh, which is down the road. Uh, which was right here. down the road yeah. when he decided that he's going to uh, assault, physically assault a bunch of women. Oh, yes. yeah. What a guy. What a guy. So anyway. So anyway. So that's, that story out. is based off of Keanu Reeves' uh, Point Break storyline there. Okay. This, I want you on your computer to type in the following thing. This is an article from StarWars.com. Okay. Ten great Star Wars, Lego Star Wars building sets for adults. 
The first one is Boba Fett's Starship Microfighter. So type in Lego and then just 75344. That's the set number. All right. It's the little microfighter, which I actually have somewhere over my shoulder, one of my shoulders. Sure. Boba Fett, little microfiber. It's a little microfighter. Microfighter of Mm -hmm. Slave One, or as they call it now, Boba Fett Starship. Right. And it has a has a little Boba Fett guy. Sure. So this is the first of ten uh, for adults. So I guess I really can't complain since I have this and I'm an adult. So how much is that one on Lego.com? Ten bucks. Ten bucks. So it's yeah. not bad. I yeah. like it. Not bad at all. The second one. It, oh, you know what? Let me try to do this also for all of our fans watching on YouTube. Where is all of them? All of them. I can. Can I share the screen? Oh wow! There's a whole bill. Bill's texting to us. Yeah, it doesn't shock me. I told him I was recording because he, uh, I mean, look at your YouTube chat. I had all your answers. Oh, <laughs> apparently he's been talking to us. Yeah, he's been talking YouTube. to us. He was saying Sorry, Denger William. over and Dengar. over again. Dengar. Dengar. And, Deng- oh, okay. and then Zuckus. And he's like, oh, my God, Nick. Oh, my God. So point break. And then he's like, so someone's a traitor. Oh, sorry. He told he's he spoiled it for you. I, I love I love to hear uh, that he's in there, though, because we're talking minifigs now. OK. Uh, and if there's anyone in this world who loves a good minifig, it is it is Bill Power. Yes. So he said no one our age has seen Point Break, but I bet people two years older have, which I can see that because it was 1991. Yeah, sure. When um when it came out. And that was a, a good year for me. That was the year I graduated high school, and I know you were just in in your mother's womb or something ridiculous. Ninety two, ninety one. I graduated. Ninety one. Give me a break. I was four. You were four in October. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm trying to find what is the name? Uh, Video Ninja. Where's our Video Ninja? Anyway, whatever. All right, I was trying to find, and I was going to try and post this That's okay. website I think, I think for the images, whatever. But I anyway, think they can do the, this simple they can do Googling the that I'm Google doing myself. That you're doing, yeah. All right, so the second one is Obi-Wan Jedi Starfighter, uh, sure. 75333. It has 282 pieces. It's a little Starfighter sh- uh, ship. It has Obi-Wan. It has an R2 unit, and it has one of the cloners. Um what you was, said seven five three three three. Seven five three three three. It's not. Uh, there it is. I see it. You see it. I see it. Leia. All right. Okay. There it is. <laughs> I might have that one. I'm not sure. Uh, the 20th anniversary of the Clone Wars is a great choice. It's a relatively easy build with larger pieces, doing much of the work, and it definitely captures Obi Wan's ship design. So it looks pretty cool. I like that one. That's yeah, nice. That's a good one. Thirty bucks. Thirty bucks. The next one, Luke Skywalker's X-wing fighter. This now has four hundred and seventy-four pieces. It Lego is number what? Seven five three zero one. Similar to Obi Wan's Jedi Starfighter, Luke Skywalker's X Wing X Wing Fighter is more simple build than sets designed for older oh, audiences. This is a good one, but it looks really cool. It still enjoys an experience, an, an enjoyable experience, and a dynamic take on one of the Star Wars most iconic ships. So that's a pretty cool one. Nineteen hundred or so pieces. Uh, yep. Oh no! No, oh, you have the big one. Oh, that's I typed in seven five three zero one seven five three zero. Oh, that was seven five three five five. Oh. I see. See, that's so weird. Why would that that the third one down is seven five three zero? That is weird. Like, why wouldn't that be the first one? It should be if you typed in the exact number. I that's see weird. that one now. Okay. I have, this one I do have. Okay, I have this one at home. And how much is this one? Fifty. Fifty. Okay, that's four hundred and seventy-four pieces. Yeah. The next one is one I have uh, the Mandalorian N1 Starfighter. This is uh, 
Din's new ship, 75325. Sure. This set has a modest foot, footprint measuring two and a half inches high, 16 inches long and 11 inches wide at 412 pieces. It won't take too long to complete. A brisk build that ups the complexity a little bit. Mando's modded N1 also comes with a solid lineup of minifigures. Mando, Grogu, Pelimato, and a BD droid. And looks fantastic as a display piece. It does. It's really long because the back of it just is like really stretched out. Yeah. It's really cool. I like it. Now we get into the... How much was that one? Was that 50 also? Uh, Yeah, I think so. Okay. Now we get into the big boys. The Child. 75318. This is a thousand pieces. Okay. Lego Star Wars isn't all ships and vehicles. It's a giant model of the Child. Oh, check him out. That's going to haunt my dreams. Yeah. He kind of looks a little creepy. Um, yeah, I think they did. I think they tried to take like the, the Yoda one that they did very similar to this. And then sure. they said, Oh, let's make a child at one. Just like it. Sure. Uh, a little creepy there. And then number, Oh, come on. What's going on? With that was 90 here? bucks, 90 bucks. Okay. This one, I'm not into these. You have to tell me if you like these or not, but they started doing these dioramas also okay. emperor's throne room so diorama it? seven, five, three, five, two. I guess seven five is the code for is Star the code Wars. for Star Wars? Yeah. Well, that's interesting. I mean, it's kind of cool. I like I like that it's like a scene. Yeah. Um, but you know, it. I guess it's more for minifig um, display than anything else. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And like in this picture, somebody has it like on their bookcase, and it's like a nice little diorama on your bookcase. Yeah, I don't mind. I think that's pretty cool. So it's it's the Emperor's Throne Room. You see it's got Luke and uh, Darth Vader and Palpatine sitting in his chair. Um, so it's cute, but I'm not too into the, uh, the, diorama. the dioramas. Mm -hmm. The next one is the one that I got right away, the Mandalorian Helmet. Sure. 75328, um, which is fun. I, I, love, I like doing the helmets. It's a lot yeah. of fun. I have one upstairs that I got two weeks ago and have yet to put together. Uh, Commander Cody and Commander Rex, they oh, have nice. news, those new ones out. I have one of those, too. Uh, how much is this one, the Mandalorian helmet? 70 bucks. Yeah, the helmets are expensive because they know people like to do it. But, yeah. um, and they're easy to display, too, so people know yeah. like, they'll buy them and display them. Yeah, and this one, it's, it's funny because it looks very similar to the Boba Fett one, but the build of it was drastically different. Yeah. Like, they definitely didn't just take the Boba Fett one and, and just like, make it all silver pieces. It, yeah. yeah. Well, it's definitely a... a different look too. the the eye piece is different so like they could have done that and gotten away with it probably but you know why bother but why bother yeah, yeah. so the next one bd1 okay. this is pretty neat yeah. uh 75335 sure this is a thousand pieces i feel like someone i know just recently put this together eric from the supreme resort and ears up and all the other podcasts the hub crawl every other one that he's on built this one and how much is this? This is this expensive. This is a hundred bucks. Oh, really? Okay. I thought it was more than that. Uh, right it now, like, it's a hundred bucks. It okay. Might have been more, you know. Yeah. When it came out, but yeah, thousand, a little over a thousand pieces. A little over a thousand pieces. And then the next one is I don't know if you have this one or you had the smaller version of this, the Ultimate Collector Series AT AT. Okay. Seven five three one three. 
You have to tell me how much this is because this is the ultimate collector yeah, series. Definitely, if it's ultimate collector, I definitely don't have it. It's six thousand seven hundred and eighty-five pieces. It's eight hundred and fifty dollars. So you didn't get that one? No, no, no. I definitely did. And this not. is where this is where I wanted to get to was the last two are the eight hundred dollar uh, Lego sets. Sixty-seven hundred pieces. Yes. Um, Nine was, minifigs. Wow. I was hoping that Bill was going to chime in on when we get to these two because these two are ridiculous. All right. And what's the next one? And then the last one, the number 10 one. That's got to be either the Millennium Falcon. Yeah, right. Yeah, the Millennium Falcon, the USC Millennium Falcon, 75192, 7,531 pieces. It. Wow. All right. Is it also $800? The box it's that it comes in, I mean, it is my, beautiful. My buddy Matt uh, did get this one and put it together, and he's like a big Lego guy. And he loved it. Seventy five hundred pieces. It, my God. it would take up the whole table. Yeah, I mean, where do you where you do have you put to it, honestly? you have to build a coffee table around and it, it inside, and put yeah. it inside the coffee table. That's the only place for it. I mean, it is it is it is amazing looking. I've seen it in the Lego store. Yeah. And they're like, n- nobody's allowed to touch it sure. because it's so big that it's fragile. Yeah, I'd imagine, where do you lift the thing where yeah. you're not worried the whole thing's going to fall in yeah. on itself? Yeah, you, you move it once, and then you hope that nobody bangs into wherever you moved it to because it's just so big that it, pieces will just fall off of it. Wow, that's really something. But yeah, the last two are combined $1,700 for two Lego sets. Now, it is 6,000 pieces, and... 7,000 pieces, but still, I don't even know where I would put them. They're so big, but whatever. So that's that's fun. So if anybody wants to, uh, they're the, from StarWars.com, their recommendation for 10 really cool Lego sets that you can do as an adult like we are. Um, another news, Mark Hamill says Star Wars doesn't need Luke Skywalker anymore. Yeah. I just don't see any reason to play him again. Uh, I th- I think that was... Was it about Luke itself, or was it about him playing Luke? It was, he says, Luke Skywalker, Mark Hamill days, Mark Hamill's days as Luke Skywalker are basically over. Yeah, I think his so big he's thing saying is about he the fake thing. Like, yeah. Like, there are people out there who can play play Luke Skywalker. They don't have to keep digitally making him face yeah. on theirs and or, like, de-aging him. Right. Um, there are loads of people out there who would do a great job. Uh, and look already are like kind of like him. Yeah, the guy that was his body double when they did it in in uh, Mandalorian season two yep. looked similar enough to him that he could have just been him. He says, "Well, you never say never, but I just don't see any reason to." Hamill said about reprising the role of Luke Skywalker. Let me put it that way. I mean, they have so many stories to tell. They don't need Luke anymore. I had my time, and that's good. But that's enough. Hamill was the face of George Lucas' original trilogy. When I read the last Jedi script, I said, okay, that's it for me. Hamill recently told Esquire magazine. And you start the process of disengaging from something that's been a part of your life. Oh, he said he came back for The Mandalorian because he was very impressed with it. But he admits that seeing the final results of his face being de-aged is unusual. Mm -hmm. Lucasfilm could theoretically keep making Star Wars projects featuring Luke with a de-aged Hamill. But the actor seems to be ruling that out. People say, oh, now you're going to be able to do a whole series of Luke post-Return of the Jedi. I said, I don't think so, Hamill said to hold Esquire. 
First of all, they don't need to tell those stories, but if they do, they could get an age-appropriate actor. So he's basically saying, he's out. You don't need to keep redoing me. Um, have somebody else play that character. I think that's fair. I'm kind of over it, too, because I feel like it's stifling their creativity. Yeah. You know, like there's only so much you can do with a 60-some-odd-year-old actor and digitally re-putting his face in, and it's taking up a large portion of the budget probably right. to do it. Like, hire a dude. Um make a Luke Skywalker well, series. I mean, they did like, it. I want to see a Luke Skywalker series. Let's just make it. Yeah, they did it with uh, um, Han. Han and the other guy, um, Lando. Lando. Han and Lando were just two different people as younger Imagine. versions of them. Shocking. Shocking. That's and, acting And they for did a great job yeah. recreating the character and the mannerisms. And yeah. The, you know, and they were still able to, like, it, it's not like I went, Wait a minute. That's not Harrison That's Ford. That's not Harrison Ford. I, I, I saw Harrison Ford when he was younger. He did not look like he that. He doesn't look like that at all. Um, while we were gone, big news came down. So we interviewed um, Yaron Spiewak, who did all the music for Disney and worked for Disney as an Imagineer for, for quite a long time. The latest thing came out. You can download the music or listen to it on Apple Music or whatever. All the music that's in the Galactic Star Cruiser on May 5th, that comes out. And then two weeks later, they go, oh, by the way, we're closing down the Galactic Star Cruiser. Yep. So while we were gone, surprisingly, people did not want to spend five to $6,000 for two days of an experience on the Galactic Star Cruiser, and they were losing money. So or at they, least not enough to make it worth their while. Right. You know, like At a certain point, the people who can afford to do that are going to be like, yeah, I did that. That was great. Why am I going to do it again? Why am I, and right? And you're out of people who can afford who can it, afford it. Yeah. Um, so this this article, the guy says, "Can anything save Disney's Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser?" Now we had a, an idea. Um, so there's a couple of fan theories running around out there. One is that they're going to make it like a ride type thing where you can buy like a one day pass mm-hmm. to go in there and do all the things in it. Uh, which would be interesting and probably... So that would be, what, $2,500 for that? For, yeah, probably for yeah. one day. Um, but like half the experience of it was the hotel rooms. Right. Like the hotel rooms were all designed and set up just like Star Wars rooms. So um, there were some things in there to keep you active and keep you entertained. So it would be interesting if they do that. The other th- theory going around is the one that I'm uh, hitching my, my uh, cart to, which is that... They're going to make it an upscale hotel Sure. that, you know, it's going to be, it's not going to be $5,000 because you're not going to be able to do all the completely immersive things, but you can stay in a Star Wars hotel room for just a sheer $900 a night, whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. So this, this guy is saying what they should do is they should, uh, sell it to sell the, um, hotel to another chain or another hotel company and then make them pay Disney for the IP that's involved with it uh, is an ultra premium boutique experience. Oh no, that's the old one. You know what they should do is they should make it a prison. (laughs) Ron DeSantis DeSantis is going to make it a prison. prison. The world's (laughs) coolest prison. That's right. Uh, Star Wars prison. Star Wars prison. He says license a Star Wars Galaxy Star Cruiser to the right partner and turns a project from low margin risk into a high margin source of low risk cash. Now, it's unlikely that Disney could find a licensed partner willing to take on the current Star Cruiser property within Walt Disney World Resort. 
since that's not going to help draw visitors to one of the licensor's resorts. But Disney likely could find several hospitality developers willing to have a conversation about licensing a Star Cruiser experience at other resorts around the world. So he's saying, look, you might not be able to use the actual hotel, but you could sell the idea to somebody else. Right. So I was like, okay, whatever. Uh, we're, we talked about this. Ahsoka's coming out this summer. Yes. Nine theories about Ahsoka's Inquisitor that blow Star Wars canon oh God, wide open. I'm about open. to read all nine of these because I'm about to fall asleep. Here. All right, we'll skip it. Okay. <laughs> let's just get, get into, through our Star our Jedi. Let's just get into our Jedi stuff. So yeah. Rob have, forgets what it's like to have an infant child. I uh, yeah. So, all right. <laughs> so, do you want to go first with your five random I'm ready. Jedis, or do you want me to go first? Uh, how about we go back and forth? Okay. We'll I go do back one, and you forth. do one. Sounds like a plan. You start. I'll start. So, my first one is Na. na- Nadar Veb. Nadar Veb. Nadar Veb. Tell me about Nadar Veb. Nadar Nadar Veb was a Mon Calamari male Jedi Knight, Ooh, which is why I picked Jedi. him because I wanted a fish Jedi. A fish Jedi of the Jedi Order. He was trained to be a Jedi by the Natulian Jedi Master Kit Fisto. Oh, Kit Fisto. That's, yep. a, that's a dude. That is a dude. Although when Fisto was called elsewhere, Veb was forced to complete his Jedi training on his own. He did so successfully, passing his Jedi trials and becoming an accomplished forced healer. Shortly after, he was reunited with Fisto when the two both tracked the escaped Confederacy of Independent Systems leader Newt Gunray to the moon Vasek III. Along with a squad of clone troopers, they heard Gunray's voice while investigating only to find out that it was a hologram and that Gunray was not actually there. So my first one was a fish... Jedi, Jedi named Nadar Veb. Love it. Love it. So I am starting since we, uh, you know, I'm on this kick for these Thrawn books. I'm going to start with Joris Sabayoth. Right now, you'll notice I said Joris Sabayoth and not Jorua Sabayoth. Right. Because they're different people. Right. Oh, so, okay. Uh, in, in Star Wars, it's funny. In Star Wars Legends, they, they have a very interesting way of, of naming clones. And it's just taking that name and changing it. So, <laughs> like... In one part of these books, and I meet a clone of Luke Skywalker, and you know what his name is? Luke Skywalker. Luke. It's Luke <laughs> Skywalker. Um, so that's how they handled clones. Um, so Jorus, Jorus Sabayoth was the original Jedi Master. Jorus Sabayoth was his clone, who later on went pretty nutso. Um, but anyway, Jorus Sabayoth was like a... The, the weird thing about this dude, he was like super... like. Jedi were so different in the in the pre Disney takeover. It was way less of like a structured sort of a like Jedi Council. And it was right. way more like you learn to be a Jedi and like, you know, dark users of the force didn't all of a sudden become like Sith or anything. They, they were dark Jedi and they called themselves Jedi still, you know. OK. Um, and it was the ways of it. Like they, they kept talking about Palpatine, like, oh, he was study. He studied the ways of the Jedi, too. Um, so, uh, again, it's just like. This dude, like, it, it's, it was, even then, without, like, the high council and stuff, it was pretty normal for, like, if you become a Jedi Master, it's bestowed on you. Okay. This dude specifically bestowed it on himself. He did it to himself. He made himself <laughs> a Jedi Master. Uh, and for the cojones on Joris Sabayoth. Uh, is, is the one you picked that's first. That's one of the ones I picked, yeah. Nice. I also, I was looking for, for very random uh, types of uh, Jedi. So Sure. I my next one was Gungi. Gungi was a male Wookiee Jedi Padawan who trained to become a Jedi in the Jedi Order during the era of the Galactic Republic. 
During the Clone Wars, Gungi and a group of five other younglings, Petro. Oh, Gun, I think it's Gunji. Gunji, right? Wasn't Gunji. he in an episode of... Uh, he was, He yeah. was in the in the one on where they're getting their lightsaber crystals, Yes, right? yep. So uh, I Googled because I was like, oh, I want a Wookiee Jedi. Sure, you I got a fish, do, you need a Wookiee. You need a Wookiee. So there was 10 Wookiee Jedis, and this one was one that was uh, with... Um, in Star Wars Rebels. So I was like, okay, I'm going to take that one piece. I, I remember him from Star Wars Rebels. So he was in Star Wars Rebels. He was one of the younglings. With, or was that uh, Clone Wars? Or Clone Wars. Right, because he went yeah, with during the Clone to, Wars. To, yeah, with the, the robot. Yes. So Gungi and a group of five other. Petro, Katuni, Bif, B-Y-P-H. Biff. Biff. And Ganodi, G-A-N-O-D-I. Yeah, and good to me. Zat were deemed to be at the top of their class and led by... Somebody named Ahsoka Tano. I never heard of her. Never I think heard you, of her. you must be pronouncing that. Wrong. I got to be saying it wrong. And Jedi Master, Jedi Grand Master Yoda. I'm not sure. I think you made that up. I made that up. You sure you don't mean yogurt? Yogurt. Grand Master Yogurt. Yes. I hate yogurt, <laughs> especially strawberry. Especially strawberry. They jammed the. <laughs> Our radar appears to be jammed. <laughs> <laughs> Pomegranate. They traveled to Lum L L U M. To, part, Ilum, to participate I-O. Uh, I-O. capital I yes that throws was, me every time throws me every time to participate in the gathering an ancient Jedi ritual that proved a youngling's readiness to become a Padawan and he had that rad like wooden looking lightsaber yes yeah. yes he did um, and and one of the articles that I read about it he he made his lightsaber out of wood but the type of wood that it was was it as was a hard type as of, metal. Yeah, it was like a type of wood that's found on Kashyyyk. On and Kashyyyk. It's specifically. And you can make them in uh, Jedi Fallen Order and stuff, too. So it says, like, what type of wood that it be. Yeah, it's, like, very strong wood. Very strong. It, 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 they said it, in his defense, it is as hard as metal. Right. So, uh, so it's pretty cool. So, yeah, so that's that's a Gunji is my second one. Nice. So I'm leaning into some Legends characters here. Okay. Um, and, you know, I talk often about Revan and, and his yep. era, but uh, there's an unsung hero there that I think some of his stuff is going to become more relevant because he's like one of the most classic examples of gray Jedi. Okay. Uh, in, in the like pre-canon. Uh, and it's Jolie Bindo. Okay. Uh, Jolie Bindo was this dude who lived in like exile uh like in the lower sector of Terrace, uh, which was like where all the, the non cooled kids would live. Okay. <laughs> uh, and like in a hut, basically all on his own. Um, and he like specifically is like a gray Jedi. Okay. He's not a dark side user. Um, but he will use the force for his gain if it, if he needs to. Okay. He's not like a light side user. Like he's not like a Jedi, like we're pure of hardware, but he will help people with the force. You know, he's, okay. he's just kind of like how I pay, figure myself would be with force. Okay. You know what I mean? Like I want to help people, but also like that guy's a dick. I'm just going to like, uh, yeah, trip I, I'm going to trip him because I can, because, yeah, because right? he's a jerk. Yeah. Or like, like, you know, <laughs> like I, I know I, you know, it's a, it's a special, amazing gift I've been given. I should use it responsibly and with care, but I also just really need that, and it's over there. And, and it's over there, like a, and now I can get it. You know, yeah. like that's, you know, that, I don't yeah. see what's wrong with that. Or I can, you know, make that pencil fly across the room. <laughs> yeah, there it is. For funsies. For funsies. Um, so, yeah, it, he, he was, he was he became a very major character in that he becomes one of your, like, companions that comes okay. along with you on your journey. Um, and there's some really cool dialogue options that open with him. Um, I think at the end of the day, like, you know, gray Jedi is really just a term for anyone who would use the force 
that isn't like a, a goody two shoes. Right. Who you hasn't know. officially been like the, the on the good side, yeah, but also isn't on the bad side. Cause it's like, there's such a, a, a steep variance, right? Yeah. You got like the bad guys who like go into the temple and kill a bunch of kids. Right. And you've got the good guys who aren't allowed to love. Yeah. And then apparently the middle ground between them is just normal. Dudes. It's just normal dudes. It's like just everyone else. Essentially. Yeah. Um, there somebody posted about how, being a Jedi is just as much of a curse as being a dark Jedi because you're not allowed to love. You're sure. not allowed to. You have no. Yourself is all gone. Yep. You are just a Jedi at this point. So you're not allowed to be yourself anymore. You just have to be a Jedi. So I, I was like, okay, I see what you're saying. Which is where I too probably would have been more of a gray Jedi because it's like, okay. I'm going to use my powers, but I'm going to use them sometimes for good, sometimes for bad. Yeah, you know, but, you know, never for real bad. Never for real bad. Just, just like, like, you know. Just just silly bad. Yeah. yeah. Uh, my next one is Jocasta New. Okay, I know that name. Okay. Uh, she's a human from Coruscant, Jedi Master, and her big bio is she's the chief librarian of the Jedi Archives yep. prior to and during the Clone Wars. Yep. If if uh, uh, the system is not in our records, then it does not exist. <laughs> then it does not exist. Yeah. So I thought she was fun because I'm like, okay, you're a Jedi master, but you're only in charge of like the history, the books, the books, yeah. and all that stuff. So. Apparently, she was pretty OG though. Okay. And apparently, she was like pretty like that's like the whole like she's this old lady, but like oh she's watch out for her. She's watch out, strong. Yeah. She can kick uh, your butt. You're like Yoda, you know, he's this little <laughs> yeah. green scraggly dude. Um. Okay, Jocasta New. That's a good one. Um, so my, I, I went from Jolie Bindu okay. to the Bendu. To the Bendu. Yeah, okay. So, you know, we got fish, we got Wookiees. Here's a moose. Here's a giant, giant flying Not space just moose. any moose, but a giant, giant space moose. moose yes. Yeah. Uh, with a beard. Uh huh. Um, so the Bendu, I think, is cool. And I don't know if this was like intentional or not. I was just trying to see if there's any like info about like, oh, this was a good. But like, to me, it seems like it, it sounds too similar to Jolie Bindo. Right. For especially considering it's like supposed to be like the middle. Yeah. You know, the Bendu is not light or dark. I am in the middle. Uh, Yeah. So like, again, just really weird and interesting. Like, I like what Clone Wars and Rebels did with the force and they made it way more mystical. Like, you know, we met the the father with the son and the daughter. And the daughter, yeah. uh, Which are like, you know, physical embodiments of the force and the Bendu, who's the person in the middle. And um, so, yeah. Yeah, the and we, we did get to meet a lot more, not just the goody two-shoe Jedi. Yeah. But we got to force meet users all the are, Force yeah. users that, that aren't aren't Jedi per se, but very strong with the Force. Yeah, and like different versions and mm-hmm. different people's perception of the Force. Like the Night yeah. Sisters, you yeah. know, they're using magic. What is that? That's the Force. That's the Force, right? like yeah. It's, it's, yep. it's just how they use it. And then we met Harry Potter, who just uses the Force. We, but he needs a, a little he stick. He needs a little stick as opposed to a big lightsaber. Yeah. He just has a little stick. Yeah. Uh, my next one, piece, I thought this guy, he was really cool, is, is a very popular one uh, from the Jedi Council, Plo Koon. Plo Koon. Plo Koon. Uh, first discovered Force-sensitive child Ahsoka Tano. Who would eventually become Anakin Skywalker's Padawan? This council member required a mask when in oxygen atmosphere due to his Keldorf physi- physiological physiology. That it's easy for you to say. 
Seeing these many new faces was a far cry from the original three films where the Jedi were all but extinct. Now Lucas could give us a female Yoda in Yaddle. That's just more stuff about yeah. all the Jedi Knight and Masters and stuff. But yeah, so I thought he was cool with his with his uh, face tubes and stuff like that. Um, and we did see him fight when they were um, Order 66 went down. We saw him fight for it a little bit before he didn't win. Um, yeah, he, but, was, he was pretty pretty pitiful, actually. Yeah. yeah, He was the one who was less pitiful, I guess, of the five. Of the, the five, yeah. Like the four that were slaughtered yeah. initially. All right, your fourth one? So, you know, we're going for, for new and different. You, you got Ewok, you got Fish People, we got Moose. Uh, this is uh, from Legends. Uh, it, it's unidentified Ewok Jedi. Nice. Right? So uh, an Ewok Jedi was in activity at some point following the founding of the New Republic in 4ABY. Unusually for most Ewoks, this Ewok was born with the necessary mental capacity to access and utilize the Force. That Jedi once attacked a group of Sanyasins who tried to enslave a fellow Ewok, wielding a blue-bladed lightsaber and wearing matching Jedi garments. Uh, <laughs> and this is from uh, the picture book or, or, or it's in a picture, I should say, uh, of Genosis and the Outer Rim Worlds, uh, which is a book. Which is a book. Which is a book. Yeah. There you go. Um, so, yeah. There was uh, Unidentified Ewok Jedi. Uh, that's a good name. Yeah. Unidentified. I'm surprised. A of, it's a lot of really interesting names in Star Wars as it is. So Right. So, Unidentified is, is a very interesting name of, of all of them. Yeah. I think it's funny because people love the name people. Um, even... The guy who was carrying the Camtono in Empire Strikes Back, they and gave yet, him a name. And yet, this guy is nameless. And, is, and and this book came out in, let's see, 2004. And he's still nameless? It's So this is a source book for the Star Wars role-playing game. Oh, okay. That's what it is. It's Genosis in the Outer Rims is a source book for the role-playing game. Okay. So, so I guess you can role play as, as, Ewok, as Jedi. Ewok Jedi. All right. There you go. Sounds great. Uh, my number one Jedi is the actual clone of your number five Jedi. Jorus. Jorus Sabath. Sabayoth. Sabayoth. Yeah. Because in the book also, I loved how he was described as an insane dark Jedi. Yeah. Uh, he lost his marbles. And he was. And he was. Yeah, he totally... And it was cool the way they depicted it, too, because it would be, like, long stretches where he was just, like, annoyed and angry and just the bad guy, and then all of a sudden he'd, like, have an episode where he was just, like, spacey and quiet. Yeah. And, like, he would flash back and forth between different, like, emotions really quickly. And he, he was, like, the ruler of the planet because he was a Jedi or at least a town that he lived near. Yeah. And, uh... I remember it was then Luke was sent to him to like train or something yeah. like that. Like well, he went to him to like get, he thought he needed training. So he was like, Oh, there's another Jedi master. I better go learn what I can from him. And he was like, Oh, and Luke got there. He's like, Oh boy. Okay. I need to figure out how I can get out of here. With <laughs> I was wrong. I was very wrong about this guy. Well, it's funny. Guy. You can tell at the beginning too, is he's like doubting himself. He's like, well, he's a Jedi master. Maybe he's right. Was I wrong? Was I, I wrong? Was I? Yeah. He's like, oh no, this guy's crazy. Yeah. All because right. he, 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 uh, People were fighting in the town, and then his his verdict was like, "Off with your head, basically." Yeah. And Luke was like, "Whoa, slow down!" Like, Bro, maybe let's just like figure out a middle. Let's ground figure here. out a middle ground yeah. here. Yeah. And and then and no, Luke was I like, I have spoken. I, yeah. This is the way. This is the way it is. My word is my law. word is law. Yeah. yeah. So he was he was definitely uh, he was funny because he was crazy, and I'm wondering if that is who we see with the orange lightsaber. That's what I was wondering too in the in the Ahsoka trailer. In the Ahsoka trailer. 
you know, again, there it does look like they're pulling from mm-hmm. source material, and like you know, it's not a red lightsaber; it's distinctly an orange lightsaber. Yeah. Um, it's an old dude, uh, clearly a dark Jedi of some sort, um, and they're leaning into cloning. Yes. You know what I mean? Um, and it's cool, like, the reasoning why this this clone, they said, went crazy, like, like the, the whole cloning process, like, the, the whole, supposedly, like, the faster you clone them, the less stable they are, and they clone this guy super fast, um, but... It, it, I mean, it is also interesting how it works because, like, all right, this dude's a clone, but he can still use the Force. And, like, he got crazy, scary good. Like, it's yeah. cool how they describe the Force in the books when it's... Cause he, like, took control of the minds of everyone on a Star Destroyer. Yeah. You know I mean? And, like, yeah. all of a sudden they were, like, just happy about it, too. Like, uh-huh. they weren't fighting and they were like, oh, this is right. This is nice. Yeah. This is the way it's supposed to be. Yeah, and and like there's a lot of people on a star destroyer, yeah, so that's pretty powerful. Thousands and thousands. thousands. Yeah, at least six. Yeah, at least six or at least six thousand or six thousand. Okay, yeah. one Cause, somewhere cause in between. Definitely there. somewhere between six, six thousand, and a million. And a million. Yes. All right, so, your last one. Uh, you know, just to round it out with uh, with you know, again, diversity. Diversity. R five D four. Skippy the Jedi droid. Skippy the Jedi droid. Yeah, that's of course. A, I should have thought of that one. I'm yep. glad you did. Oh, yeah. Skippy. Uh, and again, it's so silly that they somehow like managed to rope Skippy back into all this stuff. Skippy's yep. only known as Skippy because of this one like children's non-canon children's book wherein like for the sillies, it's it, they, they make fun of like, oh, Skippy, he, he wasn't like terrible. He was a Jedi. He was he he's the one who started the entire series off because he sensed that I can't be the one that goes with Luke. It has to be R2. It has to be R2. He he like used the force in order to make sure that happened. And he set all this into motion. And I love how insane Star Wars fans are. Yes. Um, And so that's why he is my number one pick. I understand. It makes perfect sense to me. Speaking of that real fast, talking about how insane Star Wars fans are. This art, one of these articles, 43 years later, Star Wars finally explains a glaring canon mistake. Okay. Uh, and this is how crazy, like you said, how crazy Star Wars fans are. Um, Han Solo, every once in a while, but, uh, Han Solo says, in Empire Strikes Back, I'll see you in hell. And so, of course, Star Wars fans know that hell is an Earth term. Okay. So it can't be a term in in space in another galaxy no, far, far away. they would away. never have a concept of heaven right. and hell and somewhere else. So much so that Lucasfilm creative consultant Pablo Hidalgo, we need to get this guy on the show. Yeah, for real. He's the keeper of the official Star Wars lore. Love that. That's his job title. To give you an example of how big of a nerd you need to be to, be, to behold that job, he's used his official Twitter account to lament that he can't create and canonize a character named... Darth Prius, Prius to allow for the use of the term prehic victory in Star Wars. So anyway, he says uh, we use other t- terms. Dime a dozen is used in the Clone Wars. Yeah. Saturday and Sunday being referenced in comics and novels. Meanwhile, the Mandalorian reminds fans that days of the week have different names over in the Star Wars galaxy. Who can forget that iconic season three line, Tang's Day? Am I right? He All says. Right. So basically he says, um, oh, and there's another line where it says uh, that depends on how big your pocketbook is rather than uh, holding credits. Sure. 
Um, so he says, uh, they also say Uncle Owen saying they'll be hell to pay back in A New Hope. And and there's one like that just happened recently in the book I'm reading. Actually, it was like instead of saying killing two birds with one stone, okay, they said like killing two Dejarans with one flirt. Oh right, smatter. yeah, so, like yeah. you have birds and stones. Yeah, you have. You can birds still and use that idiom. <laughs> there are birds. There are stones in this universe. In this you universe don't have well. to shoehorn in some other some stupid Star thing. Wars language. Yeah, uh, he says he offers a simple cheeky explanation for these discrepancies. We can understand Star Wars because it's been translated from Galactic Basic to our benefit. There you go. And sometimes that translation contains errors or simplifications. Of course, that just raises many more questions. Who recorded I mean, all of this? How did it get from the Star Wars galaxy to R? Yeah, but he, he, his real argument is that you just have to roll with the discrepancies because dialogue that sounds right for the moment will usually win out. Sure. So that's your birds and stones thing. You could have just said birds and stones yeah, instead of instead whatever. Yeah, you just took us all out. And, yeah. Oh, guess what? You're in Star Wars. They still love these idioms too. Yeah, so uh, so it's pretty funny that people were so upset that he said, you know, see him in hell and all these different things and whatever. Look, sometimes you have to use Earth terms when you're talking about your science fiction uh, story of, of bad guys with glowing sticks. Yeah, and again... I don't think hell or heaven is an earth term. I think those are philosophical concepts <laughs> exactly. that are pretty ubiquitous throughout anywhere. anywhere I think every yeah. culture is like, like when we say hell, we're not like, you know, that place. Yeah. It's like, you know, you, you go down like 5,000 feet. Right. And there's, you, you got to make sure you, you don't, you stop and then you make a left. Make a left at the lava. Hell. Yeah. And then yeah, you get to hell. You, yeah. You get to see a lot. But if you see the rock clusters, you've gone too far. <laughs> <laughs> Got to get to hell. Got to get, yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, there um, we go. So Anyway. As you were as you were saying how ridiculous a skippy droid was, that, that he's Force-sensitive because he started this whole thing, it made me laugh that people are that upset about him using the word hell as well. So For shame. What are you going to do with Star Wars fans? They're never happy about anything. Saltier than crazy. Salt, yeah, that's for sure. That's it. So, that's that. And that is that. Uh, so we will be back hopefully soon. When does the soak come out? Summer, and it it's almost at, summer. Yeah, right. I think so it soon. doesn't come July? out until August, uh, maybe July. Me. Yeah, but we're gonna have to. So I still want to do. I had some friends lined up, and yeah, then they all bailed on me. Thank you. Yeah, but we're gonna eventually do our Star Wars draft with a couple of different categories. I feel like there. Sh if if like people are gonna be in one room, like several of us, and it's a draft, there should be boneless wings. There should be. I just yes. think that's like Wings, maybe someone should beer. like maybe y'all should like make them. Do, do any of your friends are they like known for making hot wings? Uh, invite no. them. Invite invite the friends that know how to make hot only, wings. Only only those ones. Well, we can order them from from a local eatery. Yeah, true. we could do that but, as know. well. Yeah. Uh, so, but I like that idea. We'll have to have some some people like actually come wings. over. Uh, not my friends from Colorado and California who uh, they could come to. They could if they want to. I mean, we're not, not? going to pay for them. No, they can. Well, they, we'll ask. Uh, we'll ask ears up. Ears up. We'll send doing. them all out here. Yeah, yeah, because they're all ears up people. Um. Yeah. So yeah. So whatever. So we'll get that draft one of these days. Uh, I think it'll be a lot of fun because the person that you draft as a Jedi might have been the person that I wanted to draft as a light side or as a as a rebel. Yeah. Because um, it might be the same person. I'll, no. And you got go to go to the color, the drawing book. Board. Yeah. And wow, I, I had go a really back to the drawing board and, and pick somebody else. That's it. So, all right. Well, we'll we'll get to that sooner, hopefully, than later. And uh, yeah. So, and now you're not working all summer. So yeah, I got to figure something out because I need money. Um, but no, I'm not going to be driving five days a week to LBI for no. sure. Um, so I'm going to have like time on my hands. A little bit of time. So we'll, we could have. 
a whole bunch of shows again and oh, get we're gonna crank them out. Crank Rob. them out. We're cranking yeah. them out. All right. All right. So that's that. So go ahead. You take us out of here. I'm gonna take us out of here. Hey, from all of us here at Bantham Oak Podcast Headquarters. Are you ready for it? Wait, as Elmo would say, wait for it. Wait for wait, it. Hey, 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 wait for, for it. it. We have spoken. We have spoken. <laughs>